G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. Coming up today on The Story. It makes it pretty hard when they've got no one to talk to out there, you know. And if they're there and sitting in their cab or their truck on, on a long run or a long time, and if they've got God on their side, they've got someone that can talk to them and will talk back to them if they'll listen. So yeah, it's important that we reach out to these guys because they've got needs like anybody else. They, they've got emotions like everybody else. The Story. The story. G'day, I'm Jimmy Colfax. Welcome to The Story. Well, today we're going to get some insights into the world of truck driving, both the positives and some of the negatives about life on the road. Theo, the trucky chaplain, has been driving a truck since 1967. He's now semi-retired but still has a heart for helping other truck drivers and sharing the gospel with them. He knows all too well some of the challenges they face. Theo is having a chat with Shelley Scowen. Theo, how many years have you been driving trucks? Oh, I started out in 1967, actually, and uh, I had a few years break, and I've been semi-retired for a while now, but yeah. So you obviously enjoy it. Oh, uh, yeah. It's in your blood. It's, you know, you get diesel thrown through, through your veins, and <laughs> yeah, went to hospital once, and uh, they're going to give me some blood, and I said, hey, come on, no, wrong stuff, get some diesel, and we'll all be all right. <laughs> I love it. Do you get excited about just seeing trucks as well? If you, you know, out on the road and you see a really awesome truck, you know, does your heart beat a little bit faster? Yeah, it does. Yeah. Um, not as much as used to, I admit. Yeah. Um, ever since I gave my heart to God, but, you know, um, you know, trucks were my life. Yeah. Um, very much so still a part of my life, but yeah. uh, I'd rather put God first. Yeah, but there's nothing wrong with having passions and hobbies as well. And, well, and obviously it's a big part of your job as well. Well, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, you know, we all, we're all the same. And, um, you know, so that's the main thing as long as we've got our eyes focused upon him and we uh, just carry on from what he wants us to do for his glory. Absolutely. And it's great that you've been able to use trucking for his glory as well. What do you love about being a truckie? Freedom. You're not stuck in an office all day, are you? You get to see some pretty amazing parts of Australia? Oh, yeah, yeah. Doris McKellar had it right when she uh, wrote the poem, Sunburnt Country. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, we love a sunburnt country, and land of sweeping plains, you know? Yeah, and that's us. We, we have such a diversity of um, God's creation in this country. We can, you know, be tropical rainforest, semi-tropical, you know, barren. You know, and um, it's just an amazing country. Mm. And to see it through the eyes of a windshield and out the side windows, it just makes you proud to be an Aussie. Yeah. Right? But it also makes you think and look at the wonder of God's creation and what he's, what he's given us. Yeah. And um, You would yeah. have seen some pretty awesome sunrises and sunsets in your time. Oh, one or two or three, <laughs> you know. And just before dawn... It's amazing, just before the first ray of sunlight actually hits, the earth goes quiet just for a split second. And it's just, there's there's not a cicada, there's not a bird, 
And just as that first ray of sunlight just starts to come across the horizon, it's like the birds usher in a new day. Mm. And, um, you know, it's something just to, it's, how would you explain it? It's just something that you can just, um, uh, well, I suppose appreciate what we've been given. Yeah. You know, and each, each new day ushers in something special. Mm. And because um, we don't know what the next uh, day is going to bring, you know. No, and that it is that feeling of hope with it each new dawn. It's like, right, what have you got for me today, God? <laughs> yeah, that's it, you know, and that's yeah. the that's the beauty of it. Yeah, you know? yeah. And um, yeah, it's a wonderful creation He's given us, and um, we can enjoy every minute of it. Mm. One of the things about trucking, which I can see is probably both a good thing and a bad thing, is that you have plenty of time to yourself to just sit and yes, think. That's correct. It does get a bit lonely out there. Yeah. Um, you know, and a lot of blokes said, yeah, white line fever. Well, yeah, white line fever. You follow a white line for thousands of kilometres on end. That's mm. if there is a white line. But, um, yeah, you go across the Nullarbor and places like that, uh, there's not too many people out there. No. Civilization is a bit scarce in this country because um, we tend to live on the edge of it. You know, our cities and towns are mostly around the, around the coastline. And, um, and there's not a whole lot in between. Yeah, a lot of nothingness. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we certainly are a unique place, hey? Well, it is. Yeah. It's, um, it's, a, it's a beautiful country, uh, a very vast country, um, yeah, and diverse at the same time. Yeah, diverse in its landscape, but also diverse in its people as well. You yeah. must have met some pretty amazing characters along the way. Oh, one or two or three or four, <laughs> you know. Um, yeah, there was one guy that used to run uh, Darwin, out of Darwin uh, TNT Darwin, and his name was Tiny. So, uh, well, his nickname anyway. Yeah, I take uh, it he wasn't? Uh, not exactly. <laughs> he wasn't a little fellow by any means. Barefoot. Bidman brace overalls and a uh, stovepipe hat like you see in the Ozark Mountains. <laughs> and and a beard to boot. And uh, he was just a character in himself and had a, a, a great sense of humour. Bit rude and crude and around the edges, but just, just a great a great Australian. Yeah. yeah. And he's just one of several. You, you come and meet across the country. Um, there was, you know, the, and... In the trucking industry, you meet some real characters. And, um, you know, some guys with a sense of humour that, you know, they're dry, dry as the desert itself. Uh, a good mate of mine, he's left us now and gone home, but he had a real sense of humour and we used to do a lot of running together. Mm. And we'd be going down the highway and he was from um, Aboriginal and Islander descent and just a great guy, but we used to stir each other up on the CB radio and, well, not intentionally stir each other up. It was, but it wasn't. Yeah. Uh, in the fact that we used to stir other truckies up because they'd be listening and we'd go off and, <laughs> oh, there's going to be a blue ear, folks, and so forth. And <laughs> One trip, we were going to Truck City in Melbourne. This is year old, back in the 80s. And uh, we're down around Shepparton and Victoria having a bit of a bit of a wag with the other guys on the radio and I'd say, listen, you so-and-so, I'm going to knock you out of living day last off and then he'd come off and have a go at me and I pulls up at uh, Truck City, he pulls up beside me, he races over my truck, I embrace him, give him a peck on the cheek and uh, <laughs> skip ten hands into the truck stop. And uh, these guys are just flabbergasted, you know. But that's, 
you know, that's the way we were. We're just good mates. You know, yeah. You know? And um, give us a bit of an insight into uh, some of the challenges that you guys face. Um, trying to make an honest living is one of the biggest things for most of the guys out there. Um, you know, the regu- regulations in the industry nowadays is, uh, yeah, well, we won't go down that road. They're pretty horrendous. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, the challenges, uh, you've got to, you've got to combine your own life with the life of your working life. And, uh, family life suffers a fair bit from it. Yeah. And, uh, being away from the wife and kids makes things a lot harder. And it's not easy. Um, yeah. you know, it's, uh, you, you try to balance being a business person, a father, a husband, and, um, just a normal human being. And it, it does, does take its toll on a lot of people. And, um, the challenges we face daily are traffic, and then you've got the uh, the law enforcement agencies and the hassles that come from them when you're out in the road. Uh, log books or work diaries, as they're now called, uh, getting that right. You're listening to the story. Today, Shelley Scowen is chatting with Theo, the trucky chaplain, who's been sharing with us several insights into what life on the road is all about. We'll hear more of his story and about his vision for trucky ministry when we return. The Story. If this program has highlighted something you'd like prayer for, we'd love to pray for you. Call 1-800-PRAY-FOR-ME. That's 1-800-772-936. It's a free call. Or text 0401 132 888. Hi, I'm Jimmy Colfax and this is The Story. We're back with more of Shelley Scowen chatting with Theo, the trucky chaplain, who's been sharing with us some insights into the world of truck driving, both the positives and some of the negatives about life on the road. Next, we're going to learn more about some of the major challenges that truck drivers face. Theo, you've mentioned that there's a lot of suicide around amongst truckies. What is it that's putting that kind of pressure on them? Uh, financial mm-hmm. um, is a big thing. Uh, being away from the family mm. would play a role. Yeah. Um, how how often and how long are people generally away from their families? Oh, it could have been up to three or four weeks at times. It depends on, you know, because you're not... If you haven't got a set run, say, Brisbane, Melbourne or Brisbane, Sydney or wherever, uh, you could you, know, you could end up in Adelaide two days' time and then you get a load from Adelaide, you might have to go to Darwin and you might go from Darwin to Townsville or Townsville across to Perth, you know. Mm. Depends on where the freights go. Yeah, right. So yeah. You know, just whenever you get home, you get home. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. And absolutely. Uh, it makes it hard. Not, not, my own point of view, going back years ago, our, our daughter, she was only fairly young, 14 months old or something, and I'd been away longer than expected. Came home at 1 o'clock in the morning, parked the truck, had a shower, went to bed, and uh, got up the next morning to my wife bring the, baby, the young girl into our room, and Daddy's home, she's shaking her head when Mum picked her out of the cot. No, you know. Oh, and, uh, that's heartbreaking for you. Yeah. Uh, 
especially like when it felt like someone putting a knife in your heart and giving it a big twist. Yeah. And, um, you know, I'm not the only one that feels that way. I'm a human being like everybody else. Yeah. And you love your children, you love your wife and family, and you, you want to be with them. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, there are pressures, financial pressures. And uh, at the same time, you're there providing for them as well, but uh, it's just a difficult job in those circumstances. Well, that's right, you know. Yeah. Financial pressure is a big thing when you've yeah. got truck payments and house payments and yeah. car payments and everything else like everybody else. So but, do a lot of truckies own their own truck or do most of them work for a company? No, that's a hard one to answer. There are a lot of guys that are subcontractors that own their own vehicles. Right. And small businessmen might own two or three. Um, a lot of guys do drive for the bigger companies nowadays. Years ago, there was, I think, there was a very uh, large percentage of the truckies were owner drivers. Tell us a bit about um, some of the journeys you've been on. Obviously, you have normal ones just transporting normal goods. Have you ever had to transport dangerous goods? Uh, yes. <laughs> What does that do inside your head, and particularly when you come across potentially dangerous situations when you know that you're carrying dangerous goods? Well, yeah, you're thinking, um, there's people around me, right? Mm. Um, something, if something happens, who's going to, you know, who's, who's going to cop the brunt of it, you know? And uh, not all the time, uh, but, you know, it's... Yeah, you can't different aspects of dangerous goods. You've got to have a dangerous goods license to carry dangerous goods nowadays, which is a great thing. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, you just stop and think. Well, what if? What if? You yeah. Know? Um, what if something happens to the truck and she goes over, or you know, I hit a car and you know, you might be carrying sulfuric acid or something like that, and it breaks open and people are burned by the acid and something like that. It's, it's always on your mind, you know. Yeah. Um, It's just part of human nature, I think, because you you want to protect those around you. Mm. And, um, yeah. uh, We have talked a bit about the negative side of trucking, and it's a very real side of trucking, even though there are so many positives and so many great things about what you do as well. And, of course, the obvious, you're helping Australia to stay running. You know, the classic, without trucks, Australia stops. You know, you are so essential to our economy. It's ridiculous. You had a vision in 1982. Tell us about what God told you in that time. Yeah, no, um, Father woke me up one morning and, well, listened and said, uh, grab that book, start writing. So I proceeded to do what he told me. The industry, the transport industry is a bit of a mixed bag as such. There's some profiteers there, by all means. Uh, a lot of greed within the industry itself and uh, some of the bigger companies. Um, they get top dollar for the freight and pay the poor old subby virtually nothing. And Well, that's what it was, and I think it still goes on that way. And, uh, you know, but the attitude is that, you know, um, from, well, you're just, you know, you're just a driver, mate, you know. You're not, you're, not, you're not worth anything. You're just a payroll number yeah. or, or something like that. But we're all human beings. Yeah. And... Um, We've all, you know, our, our greatest desire is to love and be loved. And this is what where God comes into it. And, um, you know, well, we know that John 3.16, he says that uh, he gave his only son, and whomsoever shall believe in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. And that's the greatest act of love that 
we can uh, go by. And, um, you know, when God spoke to me about bringing forth changes in the industry, it's to get the men and women involved in the industry to, a, to an extent where they come to understand the fullness of God's love and start to understand who he is, that they're not alone, because uh, they all believe, in the, you know, as, as a Christian, they, they cut themselves, they believe the same as what we do. Mm. And, um, yeah, so it makes it, it makes it pretty hard when uh, they've got no one to talk to out there, you know. And if they're there and sitting in the cab of their truck on, on a long run a long time, and uh, if they've got God on their side, they've got someone that can talk to them and will talk back to them if they'll listen. Yeah, but and he's about, more than just an imaginary friend too. Oh, he's not just that imaginary friend in the sky. Yeah. And, uh, you know, so it's... Uh, yeah, it's important that we reach out to these guys because they've got needs like anybody else. They, they've got emotions like everybody else. Yeah. And, um, you know, as I said, they want to be loved and be lo- and, and love in return. And uh, I've seen a lot of guys' marriages break up because of loneliness, etc., and lack of love. And, they you know, they're looking for love in all the wrong places. Yeah, and that is one of the dangers that... Um truckies can fall into too as with FIFO workers and all the rest too in that time away from family uh, can have very negative consequences that's for sure you know yeah but you know what God showed me was to bring about changes bring about a change in the attitude of those involved in the industry um, to to put them on a a path of stability more than anything else Mm -hmm. Um, you know to change their heart attitude not to be so aggro, um, because a lot of guys are aggro out in the road. Um, but, you know, to, to let them know that there is someone that, that died in their place yeah. for their sin. And, um, yeah, it's it's pretty hard to describe it, but, you know, to to, to bring a um, bring common sense back into the industry, to bring a, a sense of worth, a sense of well-being, uh, yeah, so... And you've had the opportunity to do that in that you own a business now too. Yep. Um, so what's it been like for you actually implementing all of these things? Because I guess some of these things are great in theory, but then, you know, to make it financially viable, it makes it pretty tricky. Well, it does. Well, you know, it's, as a Christian, you've got to stand aside. You've got to uh, forget any desires to be greedy or anything like that because that's not who we are. But you've, you've got to operate within the confines of the, the of the law because you are bound to render under Caesar what he Caesar's and went under God what he's God. Yeah. And that's a that's a bit harder to do. Mm. <laughs> you know. But yes, it can be done. It can you know, you can run legal, you can run legal weights, you can run at, at the normal speed limit, uh, or the maximum speed limit allowed. Um, and you still make a quid, providing that uh, you know it's, you do it under God, not under the yeah. world system. Yeah. And I think God blesses you for doing it like that as well for, because it's honouring God and yeah. he will then bless you for honouring him. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. You know? uh, but um, I want to uh, put a mobile chapel in every state across Australia. A mobile chapel? That's correct. What's this all about? Uh, bring church to the truckies virtually. Oh, Okay, so what, get around truck stops or, or what do you mean? Get around truck stops, pull up in parking bays, wherever, and just, 
just loving the guys, you know, just let yeah. them know that someone there, if they need someone to talk to, you don't hand out the Bible and bowl them over the head with it, by all means. No. But you just gain their confidence and say, hey, mate, you know, here you going? Um, you know, and the, the, the best thing I've found to, to get to any truck, he's talking about family. Yeah. Um, you know, hey, how's your wife and kids doing, you know? How long have you been away? And you start talking, and you'd be surprised how they open up and how they'll just let you into their life. You know, um, because families are important to the guys on the road, you know. And, um, yeah, if you can open them, just get into their heart through through just talking about them and their families. And, you know, you don't have to hit them with scripture or anything like that. Just just get to know them, give them a cuppa um, or whatever, and just, just talk to them, gain the confidence. Mm. And I think that's something that all of us can do too. If we're out on the road having a road trip or whatever and we come across truckies, then strike up that conversation with them. They might be lonely and just wanting to have a chat with someone. Um, It's something that all of us can get involved in. Well, that's right, Shirley, you know. And um, we've got a lady from our church that goes out west ministering to the uh, farmers, etc. and grazers out west. And she comes across a lot of truckies in her thing and she says, mate, she said... The, the whole thing is you, they're just human beings like the rest of us. Yeah. Uh, and which is so true. And you get get to talk to them and uh, they're decent people. You know? They might appear big, rough, tough, but no, they're soft as butter, especially when they start talking about the kids, I can tell you. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's a great conversation starter and um, obviously something that they're passionate about as well. I love your thinking, getting a mobile chapel or even a mobile chaplain around um, to as many places as we can. There, there's certainly the opportunity for outreach there because truckies do have so many challenges and so many pressures uh, that they're up against. And, um, yeah, it's exciting that you and some of the other guys in the industry are identifying these needs and starting to put some wheels in motion to um, to see these things happen. Yep. Pardon the pun. Yeah, that's, that's for sure. <laughs> Yeah, there's um, a mate of mine in Western Australia owns a transport company over there and another mate's a pastor in, here in Queensland in a country town. And um, the visions that the three of us have got just like, fit hand in glove. Yeah. And it's for the industry. It's to reach out to the guys and girls in the industry. So we're all working towards that goal. We've led a few guys to God through that. So, yeah, it's all good. Theo, a challenging conversation and a bit of an insight for us, well, the likes of myself, I live in the city, I don't really know a whole lot about exactly what truckies go through, truckies who drive in the city and then drive in the rural and remote areas as well. Uh, It's a challenge, but obviously you get some pretty awesome things that uh, go along with that, like you were saying, the sunrises and (laughs) the characters you meet along the way. Thanks for giving us a bit of an insight into a truckies world today. My pleasure, shall we? That was Shelley Scowen chatting with Theo, the truckie chaplain who's been on the road driving trucks since 1967 and is now semi-retired. As we heard, he really has a heart for helping other truck drivers and sharing the good news of Jesus Christ with them. Also, he shared about some of the challenges truck drivers face being away from their families and dealing with loneliness on the road. So if that describes you or if you can identify with that kind of feeling and would like someone to talk to, why not pull over the next stop, give us a call. We'd love to pray for you. Our prayer line is 1-800-PRAY-FOR-ME. That's 1-800-772-936. Once again, that's 1-800-772-936. 
Well, we'll end today with this encouraging verse from the book of Deuteronomy, chapter 31, verse 6. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or terrified. For the Lord your God goes with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Well, thanks for joining us for Theo, the Truckee Chaplain's story, and some insights into the world of truck driving. Until next time, I'm Jimmy Colfax, encouraging you to share your story with someone today. Next time on The Story. Day three, she didn't wake up, and the next day she hadn't woken. And this is a person who had no basic, even reflexes had almost gone. So I went over to her, and this is a, a comatose person who can't move, And I whispered in her ear and I said, Honey, if you want to go to Jesus, the kids and I are fine. And she gave an almighty great kick with her leg. Frightened the life out of me. I just jumped back and said, Okay, you're not going anywhere. That's fine. (laughs) You're staying. We all understand that. John and Robin Gibbs served as missionaries in the Solomon Islands back in the 1980s. And recently, they've gone through some serious medical dramas. At one point, they were told Robin would die but God miraculously restored her back to health. We'll hear their story next time. The Story. Just another way vision is connecting faith to life. This program is a production of Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, see vision.org.au.